Hey, Zach, do that little, uh, the little chorus, you know, um, of the, that last song, you know. Okay. Be another in the fire. Yeah. Standing next to me. Oh, I like that. There'll be another in the water. He's holding back the sea. Oh, that's good. Go a little more. Should I ever need reminder? Oh, yeah. Huh? How good you've been to me. Woo! Count the joy come every battle. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. All right, hang with me for just a minute. This is totally impromptu. Uh, eight people like that. That was awesome. Yeah, if you were one of those eight, that's my boy right there, man. All right, now watch this. I, I think we sing this song, but many of you didn't grow up going to Sunday school as a kid, and you don't know the story behind this. So over in Daniel chapter 3, there's these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right? Now, there's some pretty hotshot guys that come to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and Zach, they come to him and they say, listen, man, you, you're a big deal. I mean, you're like a really big deal. And did you know there are people out there who consider their God bigger than you? And they're, they're I mean, they're just blowing smoke at this guy, man. It's just like, you are something. You're really special. And you know, like most of us, he begins to believe it. He begins to think he's somebody. So they say to him, you know what? Let's, let's make a rule that when the band plays, that anybody and everybody that hears the music, they're going to bow down and worship you, King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king, Zach, he's like, yeah, I like that. So the band plays. Hit us a little lick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little more. There you go. The band plays, and these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stay standing up. Everybody's bowing down to the king, and they're like, mm -mm, no, no. I know my God, and I'm standing for him. I, I, you can't make me bow. You cannot make me surrender. You cannot make me give up because I know that I know that I know my God is with me through all things. So the king looks at these three guys, Zach, and he says, clearly y'all didn't understand. So we're going to let the band strike up one more time and give you another shot because y'all are good boys. Don't mess this up. When the band hits it, knees, hit it. Yeah. You know what they did? They stood up. Well, the king is like, man, I, gotta, I don't have a choice now. I got, I got to throw you in this fiery furnace. And it, boys, you understand, it's not like it's warm. This is not hot yoga. I mean, we, it's going to burn you up to ashes. And they're like, listen, king, you didn't have to play the band if you didn't want to. We're not kneeling. We know who God is. We know he's with us. He, we know he's walking with us. But hey, if you want to throw us in a fire, bring it on. So they walk over to the furnace, sure enough. And the, Zach, the, the king takes his guard and they, they go to toss him in. It is so stinking hot in this thing. The guards, they're consumed by the fire and they throw these three dudes in. And the king's like, man, I hate it to have to do that. That stinks, man. What in the world? And so a little later on, the king comes back. And, you know, if you can imagine like this big opening that you can see through, so the king kind of peers in. He steps back and he 
rubs his eyes a little bit and he, he looks back into there and he sees and he looks to his guys and he says, fellas, I thought you said we put three fellas in there, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And they said, we did. He said, and why when I look in there do I not see three piles of ash, but I three, see four men alive? And those guys are like, dude, I, King, I got nothing for you on that. I, you saw what happened to the fellows that put them in. They should be consumed. We should have three piles of ash right here. So the king, doing what a king would normally do, shouts through that hole, yo, what's going on in there? I don't know which one of them was, but I'm guessing the reply was something like, we're just hanging out. It's a little warm, but come on down. So the king is like, get those boys out of here. First guy comes out, second guy comes out, third guy comes out. Where's the fourth guy? All right, look right here. I think it'd be safe to say they found themselves in a mess, weren't they? I think it'd be safe to say these fellows didn't know which way to turn or what to do. You know, even though that story took place in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, the picture of that fourth person is none other than Jesus himself. God the Father, creator and sustainer. God the Son, Jesus, Savior, healer, helper, deliverer. Now watch this. Yeah, because that should get you fired up. So now watch this. The second part of that thing, if they're standing in the water, so Moses and the people of Israel have now left Egypt. And they're like we are. I mean, it's like I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm thirsty. I mean, we're starting whining how much further? I mean, can you imagine how many times he heard that in 40 years of wandering in the desert? And they finally come up to this, this ocean. And it's like, great, Moses, you lead us from Egypt and now... Pharaoh and the army are after us and there's nowhere to go. We are about to get massacred right here on the edge of the Red Sea. Way to go, Moses. And Moses is like, Lord, we're not between a rock and a hard place. We are between a rock and dead. God, you you gotta do something here. So the Lord promises Moses, just stretch out your, stretch out your hands in faith and this song is about the same Jesus that walked into the fire with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego walked into that ocean and stopped the seas and created dry ground as all those thousands of people walked across and somewhere in your life maybe like mine regularly Jesus has to walk into my fire. And sometimes he's got to stop the water for me. And I wanted to stop. I didn't do this at nine o'clock, but I, I couldn't help while I was back there worshiping myself. I, I couldn't help but stop and think, maybe you're not familiar with this story. And if you're not, it's a picture that Jesus the Lord, friend, listen, he didn't come so that you could follow rules. He didn't come so you could join a particular church. He didn't come because you needed to be a part of some denomination. 
He didn't come to force you to get baptized. He came to walk in the fire with you and walk you out better than you were. When you are stuck between a rock and worse than a hard place, he came to step into the water and hold it back. I love that I can hear it when I need to. Sing it with us again. Come on, y'all, y'all just stay seated. Sing with us. There'll be another in the fire Standing next to, to me. me There'll be another in the waters He's holding back the seas Should I ever need a reminder Maybe today How good you've been to me Count the joy come Thank you, Zach. I don't know who that was for, but I'm telling you, I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And if that was for you, bless the Lord. If it wasn't for you, now we're going to preach. You ever thought to yourself that I've fallen and I can't get up? You ever had one of those days where you thought, okay, I, why, can't, why do I keep doing this? Have you ever, have you got one of those sins where it's just like, okay, I can't tell anybody about it, but I just keep doing it? Have you ever had one of those times where you thought, how could I possibly have failed at this one big thing in life? Have you ever had one of those marriages that just didn't work? Maybe a child that you just couldn't convince. Maybe a job with somebody you just couldn't please. Maybe it's like you could never climb out of your financial hole. Maybe you thought everything was going great, and now that I'm retired, I've got cancer. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I've had all of this I can take. I want to read a good word for you. Psalm chapter 27 says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Just take a breath. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me my, and when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary He will place me out of reach on a high rock. And then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At this sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, yet wait patiently for the Lord. You know, I've, I found myself where I've fallen.
A lot of us find ourselves there. Now, sometimes we're like the people of Israel, and it just, life happens, and all of a sudden we have to trust, can we really believe what we say we believe? You know, I've learned that it's, it's one thing to believe what you believe. It's another thing to act on what you believe. And all of a sudden, they're there, and they've got to do something. Or like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm, the fire's coming. I've, I've got to do something with it. But maybe it's something, whatever your version of fire or that is. But Peter, in, in the scriptures, now here's a guy I can relate to extremely well. Peter never overthought anything. Peter was not the kind of guy that lived by a script. I mean, he kind of went on his gut reaction. I mean, ready, fire, aim. Peter was always the guy that got himself in trouble and always said the wrong thing at the wrong time. But, but his heart was good. I mean, his intentions were good. Have you ever found that sometimes when your intentions are so good, you can still fall down? You can still find yourself in the fire, and you can still find yourself with the ocean ahead of you. Well, the Lord took Peter and James and John to the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night that Jesus was arrested. Now remember, they've already had the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, and Jesus has already said, one of you are gonna deny me three times, and he said, Peter, that's you, buddy. And Peter was like, no, 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 not me. I mean, remember, Jesus, I'm the guy that got out of the boat, nobody else did. I walked on the water with you, nobody else did. It's like, Lord, come on, really? I'm your guy. I would never, ever betray you, but he brings Peter, brings John, brings James, the sons of Zebedee. And Jesus looks at them and says, hey, fellas, I I want you to do this one thing for me. I I would like for you to stay here, and I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to pray, and I need you to pray for me. Now, has it ever occurred to you that the Garden of Gethsemane is not that big? Like, if you leave Jerusalem and you walk up the hill to the right, you'll find the Mount of Olives that you hear about in the New Testament. And if you go across this little single wide little little trail, you'll walk straight into the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is not any bigger than this room. So when Jesus says, y'all stay here and I'm going over there, it's not like he was going a far way away. I mean, odds are good they might could have heard Jesus as he was praying and he said, what I need you to do is just stay awake and, and what's going to happen is I'm going to go over here and pray, and I need you guys just pray for me. Now, you might be saying, well, what was Jesus going to pray about that was so important? Well, Jesus went, and in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying so hard that this is when the Scripture says his sweat became drops of blood. What was Jesus praying about? Well, this is where he says to God the Father, God the Son is speaking to God the Father in prayer and says, if there's any other way, would you take this cup from me? And that cup being, I'm, I'm about to give my life and shed my blood and go through this just horrific death. And Lord, if there's any other way, and clearly God the Father answered, there's no other way. So Jesus' answer is, it's not what I want, it's what you want. And so Jesus begins this horrific night. But before then, listen to what the text says in Matthew 26. Then Jesus said, and Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, Jesus, the son of the living God, says to three of his main guys, my soul 
is crushed to the point Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. This happens three times. Now, isn't it interesting that later, what we find is that Peter, after saying to Jesus, I'd never deny you, Jesus is now in the courtyard of Caiaphas's home, where he's going to spend his last night on earth before his crucifixion. And the court Uh-uh, no, not me. Because Jesus has said, when you deny me, you're going to hear the rooster. Then a second person guy looks at Peter and says, hey, I know who you are. You're one of those guys that's come from Jesus, the guy that came from Nazareth. And no, that's my twin brother. Third person. Hey, I know who you are. You were with that guy, Jesus, when he healed that guy that couldn't see. I saw that. No, 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 no. Just because we all have beards doesn't mean we're the same guy. Mm -mm. And in a space this small, Jesus could look straight in the eyes of Peter. And Peter had fallen. And he couldn't get up. I wonder if, if there might be an app out there that every time I did something wrong, said something wrong, didn't say something I was supposed to say or didn't do, I, I wonder if there would be an app that every time that happened in my life, you would hear this thing go, I wonder how many places we'd hear the rooster crow on our phone. But friend, listen, that same Peter, after Jesus rose from the grave, thinking, I've done it again, I've totally blown it, how could I do that again? The same Peter who grabs a sword when Jesus is being arrested and slices that soldier's ear off, it's like Jesus has to bend down, pick it up, and say, Peter, dude, how many times do we have to go over this? Peter's thinking, I, my life is trashed. And that same Jesus walks along the seashore and calls out to them while they're fishing. And Peter, once again, takes his drawers off and jumps in the lake and swims as fast as he can to get there and eat fish and eggs and biscuits on the seaside with Jesus, who's resurrected, who's come back from the dead. And Jesus, who has been denied three times, looks at Peter three times and says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, then feed my sheep. But Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, then feed my sheep. But Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, then feed my sheep. You know, you stop and think, well, why would Jesus have to ask that three times? He already knew the answer. It wasn't for Jesus' sake. It was for Peter's sake. 
Peter, knowing he had denied three times, is now restored three times, healed three times, picked up three times, brought back to life three times, times in which he thought it was over. I mean, if he'd been a boxer there in the courtyard of Caiaphas, his manager would have thrown the towel in. It's done. It's over. But because of our mistakes, we might have thought, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going anywhere. Nobody's ever going to love me again. I'm never going to get out of this debt. I'm never going to find a spouse again. I'm never going to have a child that will obey. I'm never going to have anybody take care of me when I'm old. I'm never going to get out of this mess. I'll never be employed again. I just keep making the same mistake over and over again. But Jesus, my friend, loves you. And in the power of his blood continues to prevail and walk in the fire and step in the ocean to stop the water and still comes to us and says, Peter, I want you to know I love you and I will store you and I want to use you and I have a great plan for you. On the road to the cross, it's never totally smooth. If you're riding a bike, it's not an electric one. If you're running, you're not wearing good shoes. Every now and then on the road to the cross, you fall in a hole and you think, I can't get up. And it's like, God, where are you? Like, Jesus, all those promises that you'd never leave me, you'd never forsake me, where are you? Well, did you know that the Bible teaches that when Jesus left this earth, after his resurrection, in about 40 days, after more than 500 people witnessed his resurrection, he ascended and went to sit in heaven by the right hand of the Father. And did you know right now, Jesus is praying for you? You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, God's son, second part of the Trinity, is praying for me, by name, personally, me. Yes. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. Where was Jesus last Tuesday when I got laid off? Praying for you. Well, where was Jesus when I got that report from the doctor? Praying for you. Well, where was Jesus when my spouse said, I don't love you anymore? Praying for you. Where was Jesus when my kid got busted for smoking weed? Praying for you. You say, well, is Jesus' prayer life any better than mine then? Oh, yeah. I had a great question from a fellow this week. He said, when y'all baptize at Sugar Hill Church, do you baptize people in, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus? And I said, yes. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the, the, the thought on that is, you know, okay, you can't have it both ways. And I was like, well, sure you can. God the Father, creator and sustainer. God the Son, healer and savior. God the Holy Spirit, director and comforter. And he said, well, that sounds like three. No, this is one God, three parts. How cool is it that we have a God that's got it completely covered? And I, I say to you today, God the Father is hearing the prayers of God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit is conveying his will in your soul right now if you've given your life to Christ. And you know what he's saying to you if you're down or you're in the fire or you're in the ocean? He's coming along to you. And you know what Jesus is not doing? Jesus has not one time walked over into that fire or walked over into the hole you fall in or looked at you as you were laying down with bloody kneecaps and bloody ankles and, 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 and bloody elbows. Not once has Jesus ever looked down at you and said, I told you so. 
Not one time has Jesus had to say, you know what, you fool? I've had enough of this. Not one time has Jesus had to look down and say, I'm telling you what, when the father gets home, you're going to have to pay for something. Come on, that's funny. Mildly sacrilegious, but funny. But what he's always been able to do is look in the fire, look in the ocean, look at the pit, and look on the asphalt. And this is what I love. He he reaches down, and he takes you by the hand and pulls you enough where no matter what your shame is, you, you turn your head and look up. And you look at the Lord, and he says, come on. Come on. I got you. Come on. And then you feel him tug just a little bit, and all of a sudden you get a little more strength in your legs, and your, your fortitude builds up a little bit, and your chin gets a little higher, and you say, okay, Lord, let's go. And he says, then come on, and then he jerks you. I'm like, just jerks the snot out of you. Just come on. Stop playing around. Let's go. We got stuff to do. And you're like, yeah, but, but you're not done with me? Even th- do you know how bad I messed up, Jesus? Well, yeah, I've been praying for you the whole time while you're doing that. And then all of a sudden, you get up on your feet, and you look to your left, and there's Jesus right beside you. And you look to your right, and it's like, there's Jesus. And you, you turn yourself around, and there's Jesus. And then you turn back, and before you know it, you turn back around, and there he is in front of you. And that's what it's all about. Because no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, no matter what you did, no matter what you thought, There Jesus was praying for you, bending down and reaching with his right hand saying, come on, I've got you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to stay down. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be filled with anxiety. I've got you. And this, my friend, this, my friend, is how you move from where you were to where he wants you to be. Could I just stop and say... There's only one thing that keeps all of us from letting Jesus pick us up. Just one thing. It's true for everybody. If you're in this room and you're 14, or if you're in this room and you're 94, the same thing keeps you from saying, Jesus, I know you're praying for me, and I want to accept your help, and I want you to pick me up, and I want to walk with you beside me, in front of me, and behind me. There's only one thing. Look right here. We're almost done. Look right here. That one thing is called pride because you're still convinced you can do it on your own. Now, things might be good for you right now, and you think, I can do this on my own. But you know, eventually on the road to the cross, you're going to fall. There's a pit you're going to drop in. There's a fire you're going to walk through. There's an ocean that needs to be parted. And somewhere along the way, you're going to have to stop and say, where was Jesus when I needed him most? And I want you to remember this words. He's praying for you right then, right now, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night. He's praying for you. And what is he praying? Jesus is praying the same thing for you right now. And that is this, Father... There's no other way but me. There's no other name but Jesus by which we can be saved and picked up and delivered and healed and set on a course to make a difference in this world and to live this life 
in such a way that God gets glory and you get good. So my friend, let me ask you this question. Are you willing today to set your pride aside long enough and say, Jesus, I'm counting on you because I know what it's like to be down and to be counted out, to be bloodied and beaten up and left alone. I know what it's like to go through a miserable divorce and think my days are over. I know what it's like to lose my career. I know what it's like to lose everything in my life. Are you willing to say, and yet through all of that, like Peter, God, I love you. I want to trust you. Will you heal me? Will you restore me? Will you bring me up and pick me up and put me back on my feet? Will you wipe away my tears? Will you kiss me on the forehead? Will you wrap you up, wrap me up with your arms? And will you look at me and promise that you love me? And you know what Jesus says? Come on, try me. Come on, try me. And here's what I know that I know that I know. He's good for his word. He's good for his word. So if you've fallen, my friend, it's as simple as this. Jesus, I'm calling on your name. Would you pick me up? And he walks over again and reaches in that right hand, and you look up at him like, but I've, I've really messed up, Lord. And he's all, oh, come on. And then the next thing you know, it's like, let's go. We got stuff to do. My friend, Jesus loves you. Set your pride aside. Let him walk with you this week. Let's pray. God, today we love you and trust you. We recognize there's no other name but you. There's no other way to live but with you and through you and for you. And Lord, today we're calling on your name to pick us up. Thank you for praying for us, for loving us. And every time we fall, Lord, give us strength to just simply look to you. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's sing that chorus one more time before we go. Y'all stand. Be another in the fight. Yeah. Standing next, next to me. me. I love it. Be another in the waters. waters. Holding back, back the sea. Should I ever need you? Need a reminder? Ride. Sing it. Could you've been to me? I count the joy of everybody. Because I know that's where you'll be. Hey, listen, friend. This week, let that Jesus go before you and make a way and make a crooked path straight. You know why? Man, he loves to do that. That's what he's here for. Listen, this week, let that Jesus go within you. Bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. You know why? Because he is always good. He's always praying for you. And here's the best news of all time. You, my friend, you are always loved. And listen. When life just beats a crud out of you and you want to give up and you want to lay down and you think the world's done with you. Listen, let Jesus set that pride aside long enough. Let him come pick you up. You know, when I talked in the Psalms about that sanctuary, I want you to imagine God's sanctuary being like this. I got you. I got you right here. Let Jesus pick you up and grab you just like this right here. Put your head on on his shoulder and watch this he's not going to walk you around your mess that'd be too easy he's going to walk through the fire and let him hold back the water and let him pick you up and restore you so he can set you down victoriously on your two feet and 
wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his arms around you as he promised and look you in the eye and say, my child, say it with me, I love you. Oh, my friend, there is nothing like the name of Jesus. God bless you. Go in peace.